Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Bible apps on them, and let's say this together nice and loud. Ready? Read. This is my Bible. It is God's Word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're a fast flipper, you can turn over to Matthew 25. Matthew chapter 25. And you can just hold your place there. I'm going to take some time, and I'm going to just do a little bit of fundamental foundational repeat, just a little bit, to catch us up for today's message. As a follower of Christ, I have been born again to lead. We're on a series that we're calling Born to Lead. Born to Lead. And my subtitle is this, Going from a Follower of Jesus to a Leader for Jesus. Why is that important? It's important because every follower of Jesus is meant to become a leader for Jesus. Now, just so nobody gets freaked out or has any uh, anxiety, I'm not talking about you necessarily having to come up to the platform and deliver a message or play an instrument. No, let me just Lighten the load. A leader for Jesus is a person who leverages their life and influence for Jesus and for the kingdom of God in the earth. Every follower in that respect is meant to be a leader. Wouldn't you agree, church? So why should I want to be a leader? I'm going to just touch this real quick. There's a lot of reasons, but let me just touch on three. I want to be a leader because that's a way that I can fulfill the greatest commandment. To love God and to love my neighbor as myself. That's a good reason. Another reason I would want to become a leader for Jesus is because it helps me. It gives me the opportunity to experience true, deep, spiritual fulfillment in my life. Jesus said... My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Think about that. Jesus said, my food, that which nourishes me, that which strengthens me and satisfies me, is to do what God has me to do. So there's a fulfillment that comes when we step into leading for Jesus. Here's the third reason. It's a really good one. There are eternal rewards that we begin to step into as we're leading for Jesus. Amen? We begin to experience some of them here on this side of heaven, and the rest we'll experience over there. How many of you ever heard of Mother Teresa? Mother Teresa was quoted saying this, 
Faith in action is love, and love in action is service. And we're talking about becoming servant leaders for Jesus. That's part of your new spiritual DNA when you became born again. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus, and he said this. Just listen. He says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So when he says we're his workmanship, we're his artistry, we're his masterpiece, we're his poetry in motion. He's the artisan and he's working on us, everything good and that's pleasing to him. And when we were created in Christ Jesus, we were born again from heaven. We have this new spiritual DNA that's leaning towards now these good works which God prepared before we even said yes to Jesus. And now the Holy Spirit gives us a desire to walk in them and become servant leaders for Jesus and for the kingdom of God. In week one, we entitled the message, Called, Qualified, and Empowered by the Holy Spirit. So if you missed that, you can go to our podcast or you can go to my Facebook page and I have it there. Week two, I talked about stepping up my leadership. You know what stepping up means? It means to increase. It means to strengthen. It means to sharpen. And I cover just a couple of things. And one is this, I must see myself as a leader. That's important because a lot of times Christians don't see themselves as leaders Thus, they have a difficult time becoming a servant leader the way God sees them. The second thing I said was, we have to make more room for God. When we serve God by serving others, we're leading for the kingdom. What is that? We're making more room for God to live in and through us. And third, I said, we have to develop an eternal viewpoint. Because a lot of times we're human and we have a tendency to just focus on the here and now and the temporary earthly natural existence and we forget, no, we're going to live forever in the eternal heavens with God and Jesus and some of our working here for Him now will impact us then. So we have to develop and that's an ongoing progression throughout our entire earthly life. This eternal viewpoint that we have to develop. So if you missed either one of those two messages, Go to our podcast on our website, or you can go to my Facebook page, Robert Rosales, and I do these short little condensed versions, and I put them up there for our family who can't be here on a Sunday or who's not here. So, new information today, Matthew chapter 25. Let's start in verses 20 and 21. I'm hoping to be done about 2.45. No, I'm just kidding. Hoping to be done about 11.10, Okay. So let's see, Matthew 25, 20 and 21 verses. Jesus is speaking. I'm just pulling two verses out of a story. And then we're going to go back and we're going to catch the whole story. But I want us to catch these two verses because it's going to set up the title and some context for 
the message today. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more bags and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Notice he says, well done, my good and faithful. Say those two words with me. Come on. Good and faithful. The title of today's message, your first fill in the blank on your sermon guide is good and faithful leadership. Good and faithful leadership. Would you say it with me, family? Good and faithful leadership. Now, let me just point out something about this word good, because it's a good word to notice. The word good in English, in this context, is the Greek word agathos. A-G-A-T-H-O-S. That's where our English name, Agatha, for a female, comes from. And Agathos is defined as well-meaning, kindly, listen to this, profitable, and useful. The word is used to describe something or someone that is beneficial to others. Now, this is important because when you read in the New Testament... There's three words in the Greek for the English word good. And it's a little different than our English language because we use like the same word for everything. Love, for example. Love has numerous words in, in the Greek for love. But we use love. I love tacos. Amen. Come on. Right? We use that the same way we say we shouldn't, guys. I love my wife. We know that's two completely different loves. Amen. Right? So I want to point that out because there's different words for the word good. Some of the words or one of the words is just, it's just good aesthetically. It's good and it's pleasing. It's good. But it's not necessarily beneficial towards others. This word is. This is a good that flows from God to you and through you. Good and faithful leadership. That word good is in Philippians 1.6. And I am certain that God who began the good work in you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. Good. Something that's pleasing, but it's something that's also beneficial towards others. So a good leader is a person that is learning to leverage their life for the benefit of others. It's important that we understand that. Let's look at this word faithful. Good and faithful. Faithful. Pistos in the Greek. P-I-S-T-O-S. It means trusty or trustworthy. Listen. It describes a person who is trustworthy and can be relied on to faithfully fulfill direction and assignments given to them. They're faithful. I've given you an assignment I can trust that you're trustworthy, you're faithful, you're going to show up, you're going to do it, and you're going to complete it. Everybody understand, good and faithful. 
Aren't you grateful that we have a bunch of servant leaders at Lakeshore Christian Fellowship that are good and faithful leaders? They're good and faithful. We have a bunch of them serving in all kinds of different capacities, children's ministry, media, guest services team, cleaning the campuses, playing instruments, working in the background, putting together the videos, preaching messages. We've got servant leaders across all three of our campuses. We've got good and faithful servant leaders. And that's what God's looking for in us. Now, I want to go back to the beginning of this parable. I want to read the whole thing. And then we're going to pack some truths in there that we could take home, okay? Matthew 25, verse 14 through 29. Jesus is speaking. Again, he said, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by, or he's saying the kingdom of heaven is just like this. It's the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants. Now let me pause, because I want you to know this word servants is a good word. Listen, the word servants is describing a person who willingly gives himself or herself to another. Willingly to another's will. Okay, listen to the story and the context. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver, he dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip, and he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had trusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I've earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I've earned two more. The master said, come on, say it with me. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I know or I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. That was a wrong perspective, by the way. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. The same amount. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those 
who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now, I don't know if you've ever read this story before. Some of you may have. Some of you may have not. But I don't want to assume anything, so I just want to help us to understand what this story is really about. Remember, it's a parable. A parable is an earthly story with a spiritual meaning. And Jesus communicated that way all the time because he wanted to communicate in ways that people could get it if they wanted to. And at the same time, if they weren't really paying attention, it would go right in one ear and out the other. So first, this story is about three servant leaders. They were given gifts, abilities, and opportunities to use what they were entrusted with for their boss while he was gone. The servant leaders in the story represent you and I. Christians. Second, the boss or master in the story represents Jesus Christ while he is away awaiting his return to the earth for his people. Third, it's a story about a contrast between good and faithful leaders and a wicked and lazy leader. And last, it shows us what God expects from his servant leaders while we are on earth waiting for Christ's return. Somebody say amen. So being a good and faithful leader now is the entryway to fruitfulness in the future. And we can't disconnect the fact that God has asked us to be good and faithful today from what God has put in our hearts for the future. A lot of things have been put in our hearts for the future. But God wants us to focus on today because paving the way for the future is what we're doing today. Now I want to point out Three things that God wants us to be good and faithful in. And they're in a word, per se. And here's the words. What, where, and who. What, where, and who. I'm going to show you. The first fill in the blank on your sermon guide. You ready? God wants me to be good and faithful with what I have right now. Come on, will you say it with me, family, if you're awake? God wants me to be good and faithful with what I have right now. Notice Matthew 25, 14 and 15 again. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man, Jesus, going on a long trip till he returns. He called together his servants, that's you and I, and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Those are his gifts, abilities, and opportunities to use while we wait for his return. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it, notice, in proportion to their abilities. Somebody say this after me. I won't make you feel embarrassed. I promise. Say this. I have God-given abilities. See, you got to see that. You got to believe that. You got to know that. You got to own that. You have everything you need right now. God has given you gifts. God has given you talents. God has given you abilities. God has given you opportunities that you and I are supposed to learn to faithfully use for Him. 
Every servant leader, myself included, must ask themselves, what, W-H-A-T, what gifts, abilities, and opportunities has God given me now, and I am, am I faithfully using them for Jesus? Now listen, uh, this is a progression. I know it is. I've been a Christian for, I don't know, 27 years. It's a progression. Little by little, you're going to start discovering those gifts and those abilities, and you're going to be given opportunities little by little by little. I didn't start doing this. I started fluffing the flags, collecting the offering, teaching the five-year-olds, sweeping the floors, cleaning the bathrooms. I just wanted to serve. And so little by little by little, as we're following Jesus, we're learning to yield to him and give ourselves to him with what he's given us now to serve him. Look at Romans 12, 6 through 8, real quick. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, that means speak with encouraging words by the Spirit, speak out with as much faith as God has given you, If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. So here's the very first thing. God wants me to be a good and faithful servant with what I have Now, what do you have? What do you have? Opportunities, gifts, talents, abilities. And are you using those as a good and faithful servant for the king? Second, God wants me to be good and faithful with where I am now. Would you say that with me, family? God wants me to be good and faithful with where I am right now. This is such a big one. The grass isn't greener on the other side. The grass is greener where you water it. That's important. Let me just remind you of some words that Jesus said. In Matthew 16, Jesus said, Jesus said, I will build my church. Who said that? Jesus said that. Jesus said that. I'm so grateful for each of you that have partnered with the Lord and Lakeshore to build the church. Now let me just remind us the church isn't this building. Not any one of our buildings. The church is the called out people of God. It's the ecclesia. It's the assembling of the saints. We are the church. If our building was wiped out, the church would still thrive because we are the church. I don't go to church. I am the church. See, if you have a sense from the Lord that he's made Lakeshore your local church family, then this is, in this season, a where you could be faithfully using your gifts to build the kingdom of God and serve Jesus. Uh, Some people might say, oh, but Pastor Robert, I use my gifts outside of the walls of the church. And that's good. We should all be looking for those opportunities. But let me ask you, parents, 
Let's just clarify this and break it down. If your seven-year-old or your eight-year-old comes to you and says, Mommy, I did all the chores at the neighbor's house. Could I go play now? What's mommy going to say? Sure, I'm good with that. That's a big, I don't think so, right? What's the point, Pastor Robert? The point is great. Look for those opportunities to serve beyond the walls of your church family. But don't allow that to take the place of offering what God's given you where your local church family is. Amen? We're part of a family, so what's my part in my family? Amen? Somebody say, I love Pastor Robert. He speaks the truth, but he speaks it in love. Look at Ephesians with me, 4, 11, 12, and 16. 4, 11, 12, and 16. This is such a powerful portion of Scripture. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility to, to equip or prepare God's people to do His work and to build up, to build up the church the body of Christ. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. That's part of our where, the church, the body of Christ. We're to be doing that. We're, we're supposed to be working and working with those that God's placed us in connection with and where he's placed us in connection. I love 1 Timothy 3.15. I'm just reading a portion of it. This is what it says. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. The church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. Let me just say it gently. Not the YMCA. Not the Boy Scouts of America. Not the Lions Club. Not this group or that group. The church. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. Jesus is building his church. So in God's eyes, using your gifts in and for the church is a big part of our servant leadership. And we have so many good and faithful servant leaders here. I am so grateful for that. So allow this to just be a sharpener, a reminder, a refresher that you're following God and that you're on track. Don't look for another church if that's not where God's called you to go. Look at where you're planted. Bloom where you're planted. My dad used to tell me, bloom where you're planted. There's something in us that's always looking for something else. But we need to just bloom where we're planted. Develop some roots. Amen? Develop some roots. Part of God's plan is for every Christian to serve and to offer their gifts to him and for one another. If you're with me so far, say amen. So what gifts do you have? Think about that. Ask the Lord. There's gift assessment tools all over the internet. You can find out. Ask a friend. A friend will tell you what you're gifted at. Just you, you've got gifts and talents and abilities. Now, don't hear me saying, you know, God doesn't want you to do anything outside of his church family. That's not what I'm saying. Get involved in those other activities and clubs and things you like to do. 
And at the same time, ask the Lord, what has he gifted you with? What are your abilities? What are your opportunities? And offer them to him as a servant leader for Christ. Third, third fill in the blank. God wants me to be good and faithful with who I am partnered with right now. Who? Say who. Okay? So what do you have? What gifts? What abilities? What talents? What opportunities has the Lord graced you with? Where has he planted you? Where are those opportunities and where can you use those gifts? And some of them use, us, use them in various places. Um, but we want to make sure that we're also using them in the local church family where the Lord, where, where the Lord. You know, the Bible says that God has put every member in the church family in a place where they're supposed to be that pleases him. He did it. So if he's brought you here, this is a where. And you can begin to use those gifts. Where? Right here. Okay? And third, it's the who. Who? Who I am partnered with right now. Did you know that it's God's biblical, biblical directive for us to be part of a local church family, to have a pastor, and to have brothers and sisters in the Lord that we're partnered with? Did you know that that's biblical? I'm only saying that because like you, you've probably met, and I have, uh, people over the years who say they're a Christian, and as I'm getting to know them, I would ask them things like, so what church family are you part of? Oh, I don't go to church. Okay. Who's your pastor? Oh, I don't have a pastor. Well, where do you serve the Lord? In my house. Serve the Lord in my house. And that's good. We should serve the Lord in our house. Amen. I'm not saying not to live, not to serve the Lord in your house. But the more I peeled back that fruit, the more I realized that they weren't necessarily biblical in their understanding of church family. It was very like what's in it for me, understanding of church family. But when we look in the scriptures, God's given these apostles and evangelists and pastors and teachers, and we're no different than you. We're all partnered together, and we're to be doing our part the way God's placed us in the church. And then he's given us one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord, and we're, we're supposed to be jointly fit to one another, and your gifts complement mine, and my gifts complement yours, and we're all working together for what? For the strength and the building up of the church. Now remember, the church is people. God loves his people. God loves all people. But God's got a special place in his heart for his people, the church. So God wants you and I to be good and faithful leaders with who you're partnered with right now. Oh, man. Joey says, oh, man. Oh, man. You know, some of you have met, I think most of you have met, Pastor Spencer Neal. He's our worship pastor. He oversees all the worship on three campuses and our online service. 
and starting in two or three weeks, Saturday night services at TKK. I don't know how many services that is. I don't know how many people that is. I don't know how many team members. It's a lot. It's a lot of responsibility. But he's got an amazing story. I want to just read it to you. It'll take me three minutes, and then we're going to close. You can come to the top. Listen to this. Spencer says, from the time we were both little, talking about him and his wife, serving in church is something that was never really a question. We both came from pastor's homes and were very involved in local church ministry. But I can personally remember a time before my parents were full-time ministers. Even then, serving was a big deal. I can remember my dad working on the baptistry water heater and my parents filling the communion trays. My parents were Sunday school teachers and kids ministry workers. They went door to door sharing the gospel. Serving was a big part of our Christian walk. And even though I didn't realize it, my parents' commitment to serving was shaping me and preparing me for what God was calling me to do one day. I began serving in church at the age of 12 years old. I started by shadowing the sound text and eventually learning how to run sound by myself at the age of 13. I then learned how to run a camera and after that how to be the director for our TV broadcast. As I entered high school, I served in every opportunity I found, vacation Bible school, kids ministry, sound and production, and even occasionally singing a song in church. You see, I didn't always have a clear call from God to lead worship, but I did know I was called to serve the local church and that by serving the local church, I would one day step into the ultimate call from God on my life. Angie, his wife, and I found Lakeshore Christian Fellowship in 2007. And while we couldn't immediately jump into serving because of the season of life we were in, we eventually began serving in the worship department in June of 2008. In July, I was asked to oversee our student ministry worship. And in September, I was asked to step in overseer of our whole church worship department after our departure of our worship pastor. We served in this role along with many other roles at the church for several years. And during that time, I felt a very clear word from the Lord that he had called us to one day be the worship pastors of Lakeshore. There was only one problem. I wasn't the worship pastor. And we hired worship pastors in 2015. So what do you do when you know what God said, but everything on the outside and even the people you love Say, throw in the towel. Forget the dream. You keep showing up. And you stay faithful to what you know is true. Galatians 6, 9 tells us to not grow tired while doing good. For at the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Well, as you know, we now serve as the worship pastors at Lakeshore. And while it's an incredible honor, even if we never got the title, we made the decision long ago to plant ourselves, to stay planted, and to serve and grow where we were planted. Our testimony is not one of follow these 12 steps, but instead it's the journey of showing up and saying yes 
to the opportunity in front of us. And because of that, our lives will never be the same. God loves us so much. And whether we fully realize it or not, offering ourselves to serve Him, it's really for our benefit. If we just could have a glimpse into heaven when we get there, we would be all in. I am 100% confident that these are the words that Pastor Spencer and Angie and many of us will hear as recorded in Matthew 25, 21. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Listen, let's celebrate together. Wow, think about that. Celebrating with Jesus over the impact our lives made here on earth while we served him as good and faithful servant leaders. Amen. Have you been blessed by the word today? Come on. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.